Ho, 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 everybody. This is Joe Iaquinto coming to you from what is normally snowy and cold Madison, Wisconsin, but not right now. We'll talk about that later. But here we are. It's our Christmas show. I'm excited. I am coming to you with my cohort, my partner in crime, the little but mighty Patty Malloy. How you doing, Patty? Who are you calling a hoe, Joe? Three hoes, not you, the other three. I got my jingle bells ready. I got to hear them. Can you hear them? I'm in the mood now. Yes, I, yeah. every time a bell rings, you know, something happens. I don't remember what, though. Uh, fairy dies or something like that. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That's right. Everybody eats ding-dongs and ring-dings. Yeah. Ho-hos, ding-dongs, ring-dings, and funny bones. Funny bones. And you had that silver foil on there. If you're of a certain age, you remember these things actually came wrapped in silver foil. And if you forgot to take it off completely and you had fillings in your mouth, you bit down on that and forget about it. Ooh, ooh, I can feel that. Ugh. I can feel oh. that now. The worst. It was the worst. But and that's uh, my Christmas memory. <laughs> well, I haven't made my Christmas cookies yet because I've been working so hard and working for the weekend. So we're going to do our Christmas baking this week. Excellent. I'm sure it'll be great. It should be. I make my my Sicilian spice cookies and then PJ, my son, he likes the, um, what do you call them? The peanut butter blossoms with the Hershey's Kisses on top. Oh, my God. Good wow, stuff. I, I, I'd have to have a bottle of metformin and, uh, <laughs> but That's you know, true. what are you going to do? I don't eat those. I just admire them. My son, well, Christine bakes. She's, she's great. She bakes, but my son, uh, Jordan's girlfriend, Liz also bakes. So, yep, we're, uh, we're in trouble here. I, I kind of got to, you know, put the, put the, put the kibosh on that stuff. If I smell anything baking, I just go down the basement. I sit there and I rock back and forth. <laughs> Oh, you poor baby. Hey, I had a good run. You know, I mean, it's all right. I had I had 60 something years, you know, where I ate that crap. But uh, again, these are the Christmas memories that we have. Some of you have memories of, you know, family trips and cruises and stuff. Patty and I ate tin foil, and uh, we take metformin. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> in my family, my Aunt Josie, who lived in Pittston, Pennsylvania, used to make cookies, and her husband, my Uncle Ross, was a, um, a shoemaker. Oh. So she used to pack the cookies in wax paper and put them in shoe boxes and then send them off to us. Oh, nice. And the funny thing is she used to sign the Christmas cards with her full name, like Josephine Myra, like we <laughs> didn't know who she was. Right. That's so, great. Yeah, we had an Aunt Josie, too. Yeah. We had one of those. Yep. And what are your family's Christmas traditions that you brought into your new family? Oh, man. Just, you know, like, hey, cut that out and put him down. <laughs> um, you know, we just, I mean, really, we keep we keep it simple. We, we always do a tree, always have a tree. We always decorate. Um, you know, we wait until Christmas Eve or Christmas Day to give presents. Just the real simple stuff. We don't really have any anything hard and fast. I mean, we do we do make pasta of some sort. We have um, usually have stuffed shells. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and uh, but that's about it. We we really don't go overboard with anything. We just we keep we keep the simple stuff. We definitely decorate, you know. So I don't think there's ever been a year that we didn't have a have a tree of some sort. Well, I put it out on Facebook and I asked people what are their Christmas traditions. And Buster Fix said, a tradition that has been in my family for at least five generations is to have cheese and crackers that morning. The reason is back in the 1800s, when it started, cheese blocks were a luxury and can only be afforded once a year. So they mm. continued that family tradition. That's very nice. And let's not forget it. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus. So, you know. <laughs> So, you want to kick it off with your song? That's Jingle of the I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it. Do you think I wouldn't kick it? I'm going to kick it. Kick it, baby. I'm kicking it with Funky Christmas. This is a song by The Whispers. We're doing, and it's Funky Christmas. It's 1979. Picture 1979, if you can. People on roller skates with afros and and, and huckapoo shirts chewing on tinfoil. It's just, it's that time. And they're out there doing the disco stuff. This song has it all. Horns, syndromes. Remember the syndrome? It's yeah. It's just, it was like tons of technology and machinery just so you can go boo on a, on a little trumpet. And this, this is the song. So the whispers, we'll talk about them later, but we're going to go jump right into this thing with some funky Christmas. Here we go. I'm dancing. I'm dancing over here. I'm spinning around. I'm chewing tinfoil. That's that song is by the Whispers, as you heard. And the Whispers, um, they've been around for a long time. They started in Watts, California, in Whispers. 1963, the and they had about seven or eight albums before this Christmas album came out. This Christmas album was number 50, by the way, on the R&B charts, but it only reached like number 201 on the regular, you know, Billboard Hot. That's because honkies honkies can't relate. That's what it they is. They could not relate, but this, this, you know, maybe I honestly, in hindsight, listening to this now, it's, it's a little late. I mean, this was to me, this was like the disco that was happening in New York in like 77, 76, 77. So anywho, but that's their song right after this, they got really big because um, they had uh, in 1980, they came out with and the beat goes on. That was a huge song. Don't. Da, 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 da. And then they had Rock Steady in 1987, which was their first top 10 hit. And they were admitted to the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 2004. Now the surviving members, I believe, are all um, counting cards in Vegas and trying not to get arrested. That's what I'm doing. Counting <laughs> cards in Vegas. Well, and the beat goes on. That's not the Sonny and Cher song. And the beat goes on. No, that's, uh, no, it's, and the beat goes on. Yeah, it's a great, it's one of the better, you know, groovy, funky songs of the, uh, of that ilk. Now, what was the Sunny Share? It was, uh, the beat goes on. Oh, yeah, right, right. Doom, doom, Carol K on bass. Yeah. That's right. No, different song. 
but same title. Same title. The beat does go on. I'm pretty beat, and I'm going to keep going on, and I can't wait to hear your song. What do you have for us now? Well, first I have to jingle my bells again. No, please. So this is one of my favorite Christmas songs, and um, it's by the American rock band called Train. Mm-hmm. And I discovered them, you know, heard this song, and I wasn't really familiar with them. But uh, after seeing this song, hearing this song, I really love this album. It's uh, from an album called Christmas in Tahoe, and it was released on November 1st, 2010. But what's interesting is this song in two different versions are on two different albums. It was first on the Save Me San Francisco album with a whole different version than what we're going to play tonight. And then this one was on Christmas in Tahoe. So it was written written by Butch Walker and Pat Monahan, and the music video to accompany the release of Shake Up This Christmas was first released on YouTube on November 29th, 2010, with a total length of four minutes and one second. So let's check it out, and then I'll give you another little tasty tidbit about this song, Shake Up Christmas by Train. Cool. There's a story that I was told, and I want to tell the world before I get too old. And don't remember it, so let's December it and reassemble it. Oh, yeah. Once upon a time in a town like this, a little girl made a great big wish to fill the world full of happiness and be on Santa's magic list. Shake it up, shake up the Joe, what do you think of that? I love it. That's a great sign. I love when he says the line about uh, shake up the hat penis. That's right. Because I heard it. You heard it. I heard it. <laughs> that could be a Mondegreen. So this song was featured in a Coke commercial. And it's in, in the song, it's, it had the Coke jingle and it has Santa shaking up Christmas and shaking a snow globe and drinking Coke. But I don't think you want to shake up a Coke. You wouldn't want to do that. Because that would just squirt in your face. And that's not a good idea. Different, different, the whole different thing. Whole different vibe. Whole different That's vibe. a great song. Yeah, I like it. it it's on, I have a whole Christmas playlist that I play every, actually I have three Christmas playlists. And this one is always on my house. Grooving and Beautiful. Grooving. What do you got, Joe? I got two pair and uh, I'm holding an ace. I got, I have actually have physical notes. I have two computer screens and all this stuff in front of me, but I still write stuff down. Yeah, because you're old school. I am old school. I am old school. And this song is old school. 1970. We're talking 1970. Holy cow. I was barely alive. I know. You're not going to know this song. You were were still, you know, wanting oatmeal. Oatmeal. What a, what a kid. Did you eat pastina, pastina as a kid? As a yes. baby? Yeah, pastina. Oh, For those of you that it. don't know what pastina is, it's an Italian thing that uh, moms used to give their little ones. It's little tiny pasta stars. And you yep. just load it up with butter and salt. Mm, good we used stuff. to put an egg in it once in a while. Yeah, a little, an egg in it once in a while. You're right. Yes, that's right. 
Yep. And sometimes it was like it was so hot you can, you know, get a third degree burn. Oh, speaking of third degree burns, I just <laughs> want to tell you about this real quick. I was I was boiling some tea and um, and I was rushing and I dropped the hot boiling water on my big toe. Ouch. And it hurt like a you know what. So mm. I grab I, I grab a bag of frozen vegetables, put it on there, and you know, I didn't think anything of it. Now, three or four days later, I look at my foot and I've got these big blotches of red burnt skin on there. So, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so, you were gonna say you put the vegetables on and then, you know, Paul and PJ came in and they put a and steak they, <laughs> on. <laughs> That's right. They put a little butter. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, and what's weird is that it doesn't bother me in the morning. Then around three o'clock, it starts like really bothering me. And then it goes away again. Really strange. Eesh. Wow. That's like me when I listen to anything recorded after 1980. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bother but me until you listen to it. It bothers me a little bit. And then I, you know, I'm okay with it. But this song, this song was recorded in 1970. Santa Claus is coming to town by the Jackson Five. Now, Jackson Five, you would have thought the Jackson Five would have had many, many Christmas albums, but this was their first Christmas album, and it spent four weeks at number one. It was voted like the seriously the best holiday album of all time. Even Rolling Stone magazine, who they hate everything, they loved it. They thought it was great. It's a modern classic. So. I just heard it the other day. It's really funny. I was, Christine and I had, uh, we were decorating the tree whenever that was. And we, you know, we said, hey, Alexa, whatever it is, play, play a bunch of Christmas songs. So they played this. And I don't think I, I don't remember hearing it, but it was really funky. And I thought this would be a great one to do on the show. So here's little Michael Jackson when he was his original finish. Mikey. Playing Ed and Sing. <laughs> his <laughs> original <was> finish. <laughs> <laughs> And he's singing his little heart out, and it's funky as heck, and it's the Jackson 5, so here we are. Oh, you better watch out, watch you better not cry, better not pause, I'm telling you why. Oh, Santa Claus is coming to town, oh yeah, Santa Claus is coming to town, Santa Claus is coming to town. Based on that song. That's a good song. But you know what I don't like about that song? What? If I were a kid listening to this and Santa sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when oh. you're awake, is he watching you when you go to the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Is he a voyeur? Oh, yeah. You mean the actual song? I know. Well, that's, you know, they used to scare the hell of us when we were kids. If you're not good, you know, not only would you not get gifts, but yeah, this, this guy's watching you and he'd forget about it. I know. You're right. There's a <laughs> there's a song that <laughs> PJ played. I want to play. I want to play a little bit of this song. I want to I want to show you this song. Oh, Santa Claus. Oh, Santa Claus. He breaks lots of laws. He trespasses, he breaks and enters, 
He travels all around the world without a valid passport. <laughs> what the hell is that? It's Dr. Demento. Oh, that's <laughs> and funny. And Man Fisher. PJ played it for me the other day, and he's like, he breaks and enters. <laughs> he eats that's your crazy. food. Yeah, it was That'll funny. mess up some kids. <laughs> Seriously. I he, love that. Yeah. And he's... He abuses animals by making them fly through the night. <laughs> I should. I'm going to have that like when the students come over for lessons, when they open my outer door, that'll trigger that and it'll play. <laughs> I have a funky song that is a special request from my wonderful, charming and beautiful son, PJ. This is one of his favorite, favorite Christmas songs. And it's such a traditional song. It's called Disco Santa. By oh, I remember Express. that from church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll play it for you and it'll be obvious what this is about in a minute. So let's check it out. Disco Express. It's also called Santa Claus, N-O-E-L. Holiday Express. This is Beyond the Grooves. I'm Patty Malloy. You're not. Santa. I couldn't find much much info on this. These no, people. there was nothing on it, but it's a fun song. It's a great song. They're killing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how. Oh, I know how we found it. We were looking last year for our Christmas show. We were looking for songs that bands remade, like took existing songs and made them into Christmas songs. And ah. that's how we came about this. Because there was like... Um, Jenny, 8675309, they made it into mm -hmm. a Santa song. Disco Express, I think they were just, I mean, it's not the village people, obviously, but they did a pretty good job in imitating it, I thought. They did. Yeah, the band, too. I mean, they're slamming. They, they're yeah. not holding back here. You got that boom, boop, 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 boom bass going on. It's a funky song. There's Yeah, there's really song. nothing about it to really speak of, but um, I thought it was fun, and it was a special request by PJ. So. It's a good request, and and you know I that's why I mean I think we both picked independently of each other picked these funky dance songs because you don't really associate that with Christmas, and I think more people should. You know, Christmas you want to have a good time, especially during you know times like we're living, and you want to have a good time, and this is great stuff. I know in the what the hell years, that's what I'm calling the 2020, the the early. 2020, 2021, what the what the hell years? Going back to Facebook, I asked people about their holiday traditions and my good friend Bruce J. Fish who is Bruce. not Christian he said the holiday tradition in his house is Chinese food because uh, especially in New York I don't know if they do it elsewhere but Chi um, people that are Jewish 
usually eat Chinese food on Christmas. Oh, yes. And do you know yep. why that is, Joe? Because the, the restaurants aren't crowded. <laughs> <laughs> because Chinese places are one of the only places open on Christmas. There you go, yeah. So that's why. So Yeah, I had never... You go to Ohops. Go to Ohops. I, I know all my, my Jewish friends, you know, in New York used to do that. And I'm like, that's kind of funny, but hey, it's your own tradition. That's cool. So we put it out on Facebook and we asked people to tell us what their favorite songs are. And we even offered a little incentive. We said, put your favorite Christmas songs up here and we will pick one random lucky duck winner to win a prize package. That's right. And that prize package included a book written by Mr. Joe Iaquinto. Why don't you tell ben, our audience about this book? Um, well, let's see. Hold on. I stopped drinking, but I'm going to have to start drinking again to talk about the book. So let me crack <laughs> open this. No, it just is a big whole thing. I wrote the book. You're going to see the book is going to come. The author's name is Ben Joseph. Sounds like a rabbi, but it's not. Um, the reason being... Way back when, I don't even remember, this was before my son Kevin was born. Christine was pregnant with Kevin, so that was like 23 years ago. So I decided I'm going to write a book about Chicago because there were no books about Chicago. And at the time, I had a couple of, you know, ins. I knew Jason Chef. I knew a couple other people. And I'm like, hey, can you, you know, if I, if I can get a, um, a publishing deal, maybe I can do this. So I got a publishing deal with this company in Canada. And guy was eager to have me do it. I sent him all the info. He's like, yep, here's your contract. Let's go. Let's do it. And I got jerked around by HK management for almost two years. Um, finally, I withdrew. I said, I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this. I didn't know much about the in, inner workings of Chicago at the time. And I found out all this stuff and talked to people inside the group. I talked, actually talked to Peter Cetera. I talked, you know, I actually talked to Danny not talk to him, but we actually went back and forth online for a little bit. And after talking to a bunch of people, I thought, I don't even like this band anymore. I'm not going to do this. But I'm trying to give you the short clip notes version. Long, long, long story short. They already had pre-sales for the book. I was told, no, no, no. You know, you got to do this. I was like, I'll give you back the advance. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this. Bill Champlin hooked me up with um, uh, Peter uh, Chivarelli. I talked to him. The whole thing was a nightmare. So I wound up giving all of my notes and everything else to a guy, a friend of mine named Ben Kettlewell, who was an author as well. And that's where the name came from, Ben Joseph. So we gave everything to the publisher and said, this is it. Here you go. Take it. Have fun. Run with it. They put the book out and it, you know, it didn't, didn't do great numbers. I was hoping that I would get cooperation with Chicago and it would be official and be sold in their merch stuff. And, you know, everybody'd be happy, but they didn't want a book. They, they were kind of nervous at the time that somebody was going to reveal all their deep, dark secrets, which I didn't even know they had any, but boy, did they. And Patty, you know, <laughs> and, and, and Danny, Danny Serafin revealed them all in his book. He did. And, you know, and, and I just like, I thought I don't want any part of this. So the book came out, under the name Ben Joseph, um, it sold what it sold. The publisher actually wound up going belly up, not because of the book, but he, he, I found out later that he was in like incredible debt and was actually looking forward to this book to take him out of debt. There it is. It's, it's one of those infamous things, um, that, that is out there. And, and, uh, you know, 
I'm a part of it. It's cool. I, I made some good friends out of it. And um, I talked to Bob uh, Ludwig, who's a wonderful guy. Bob, Bob Ludwig was the sound man who traveled with the band back in the old days. He did Carnegie Hall uh, with them. And he was actually with them from the early 70s all the way up to after Peter left the band. And so I think, Carnegie um, Hall is Bob Ludwig's fault. That's right. Oh, he told me some. It's great to see that kind of stuff. There's stuff I interview. His interview in the in the book is very interesting, and it's probably something that you know maybe you guys don't know about and haven't read about. So he talks about why there was a problem with the you know the union. The union didn't like them, and the New York union wouldn't let you put your hands on the on the you know mixing board because it was a union thing, and they were fighting with each other, and they didn't like them because they were from Chicago and all this stuff. So it really wasn't just the fact that, you know, the band drank too much or whatever you've heard through the years. It did have a lot to do with the, the infighting with the tech people. So, yeah, in, in, in the long short of it, um, I'm proud of it. I'm glad I did it, you know, and, and I it's out there. So we're going to give it to somebody, right? That's right. And we'll throw in a bunch of other swag yes. as well. Maybe some other uh, music-related stuff. Maybe... A guitar pick from somebody famous and Ooh. a T-shirt or a hat from somebody famous. We'll put together a nice little package and we will announce the winner on Facebook. Let's see a couple of people that uh, contributed to my question. So our buddy Elizabeth McLeod, of course she was going to pick Peter Cetera, so she oh. picked... Something that Santa Claus left behind, which was a good Peter Cetera song. It is. And you're coming up with a Peter Cetera song, are you not? I really am. And and it's funny that she picked that song because I believe that's the first song Peter actually played bass on um, on one of his albums ever, it, since since he quit playing bass at that time. So... He played on that particular song, which was interesting because I remember looking at the album. I didn't buy the album at the time. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really buy Christmas music. I play, we, we play the, um, the only actual physical Christmas album I think I have is Charlie Brown, which is great stuff. Do, 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 do. Oh, it's the best. But I remember reading, I'm looking and I'm like, wow, Peter played bass on this. So, but I'm going to do a song right now. Uh, are, are we done? Are we going to name anybody else right now or no? No, just go right. I thought it was a seamless segue into Peter's. Adara. It was. And here I am. And here you are messing it up. Oh, man. Well, okay. But you know what? Here we are. We're, we're live on the radio. This is this is what we do. Hey, so this how is, a is Peter, Satera. by the way? You talked to him recently, haven't you? Or texted him. We actually, we had a long back and forth today conversation because we're both humongous Beatle fans and we were talking about this, the great, you know, get back special that was on. Yeah. I'm halfway through it. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's loving it. I'm loving it. We were, you know, going back and forth and it's really funny. Very funny thing happened was I'm watching it and then somebody pulled a still shot off of when Paul McCartney was playing his Rickenbacker bass and if you look at it, something was weird, and two of the strings on the bass were were popped off into the same slot on the nut. So what that means for those of you who, you know, aren't technically minded for guitars, there's that little bar that goes across the top of the bass where the strings sit. Well, if it's not correct, one of the strings will pop out 
and you won't be able to play that string. So that's what was happening to McCartney's Rick. Peter told me many years ago that when he first joined Chicago, he he wanted to play his Rickenbacker bass um, at the time, but the string kept popping out of the nut. And I thought that was really funny. And he had no idea the same problem had plagued McCartney. So there you go. Look, inside information right there. Yeah, amazing. And and Ringo and Danny, believe it or not, I mean, you know, some of you might be sitting there going, how could you say the two guys' names in the same sentence? But both of those guys are what I call song drummers because Ring, but the Beatles would not have been the Beatles without Ringo and Chicago would have not been Chicago without Danny. That's That's a fact. I was going to say, and both of those guys, I mean, had what they played for those songs, that's what made the songs. I mean, yes, Robert Lamb might have written beginnings, but Danny Seraphine's drums in that song, I mean, it's it go, they go hand in hand. And he's that kind of a drummer. He's a song drummer. And Ringo was the same way. I mean, if you listen to mm-hmm. any of the Beatles stuff and you try and picture it with a different drummer, it wouldn't wouldn't have that charm. Right. Danny said that he met Ringo. And Ringo said to him, you're a better drummer than me, but I'm more famous than you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of true. Let's get into Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells by Peter Cetera. This is from his album. You just got to love Christmas. Actually, the full title was you just got to love Christmas or I'm going to have my brother Kenny come down and smack you around. (laughs) That's the full title. Came out in 2004. And uh, we'll talk more about it afterwards, but let's let's let Peter sing. He's got things to do. Jingle bells, jingle bells, stop, don't stop ringing those jingle bells. Throat, Peter Cetera, as we used to call him when I worked for Chicago, Golden Throat. You cannot hear that voice and not feel wonderful. That's right. It's like silk. It is. And he took that song and he made it his own. And it's it's really cool. I mean, he could have just, you know, sang it the way it is, but he made it, made it a Peter Cetera song. And uh, the whole album's like that. He sings some great stuff on there. He's got um he's got a, a duet i think it's either a duet or she sings you know a big part of it uh i guess that would be a duet joe you idiot that would be Allison, two people <laughs> singing to, uh, usually a duet what do you call that thing when you get two people to sing together so he's got allison krauss on there who's wonderful and they do yeah. a, a really nice rendition of deck the halls so this this record it's interesting it was uh some some music critic writer guy did uh in 2017 he did a list of 16 essential classic rock Christmas albums, and he put this one on there. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it's on my list. I love it. I love the, I just love Peter's voice. I feel like Peter, if somebody said, what is the best singing voice you've ever heard? It's 
hands down, Peter Cetera. You know, he got his his daughters involved in it, which was very cool. He does, uh, I believe it's Blue Christmas, the old Elvis. <laughs> he does the uh, the old Elvis song, Blue Christmas, and and Claire sings with him on that. And he's got his younger daughter, whose name is Senna, and she did some of the artwork for the album. So, but, you know, that's who he is, man. That's 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 the real reason that he said, you know, adios to Chicago. He wanted to raise his children, and he did. That's that's he's a wonderful a family thing. man. Well, this next pick is a request from Facebook, and it comes from Jamie Medrano. And he said, what about What Christmas Means to Me by Stevie Wonder, which is a great song. It's just, mm. I mean, it's interesting, Joe, that you and I picked a lot of funky soul songs. Right. You know, I was going to do Santa Gotta Go to the Ghetto, but I decided that was too hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, James you Brown, did a, he did a Christmas album. Yes. This is a great song. And what's interesting about this song is um, what Christmas means to me was one of the most covered Christmas songs of all time. It was written by Alan Story, Anna Gordy Gay, and George Gordy. Oh my God, he's another one like Peter. You know, it's like as soon as you hear him sing, you're like, "That's it, I'm I'm happy." Yeah. So, a wide array of people have recorded this song, including Hanson. You might know them from the Mbop era. Okay. Diddy up, um, boom bop. Paul Young and Michael McDonald, CeeLo Green, and my personal favorite. Mary Kate and Ashley Olson. Oh my gosh. So Joey, are you ready? Mm, you got your I'm ready. Notes? Okay. I Joey, what other yes. funk do you have for us? Oh, I got some funk, baby. I got Bootsy. I got Bootsy coming at you. If you folks don't know Bootsy, don't, don't even talk to me. Bootsy is Bootsy, man. Bootsy's Bootsy was James Brown's bass player. Bootsy went on to become Parliament Funkadelic bass player. He is just a legend. He's still hanging out today, still funky as heck. He wears Elton John style, like crazy glasses and, and boas and space suits. And he's got a bass shape like a big star. And he's just a monstrous bass player. He is the funk. Um, he's what's the far movie? out. He's far out. What's the movie? What's the movie? Oh, man, I got to think about it. I'll tell you. The one with uh, McLovin. The, what, what was that? I remember the the movie, the coming of age movie with with those with the people and the kid had the the fake ID McLovin. The people and the thing, and there was a guy <laughs> and a girl and a dog. <laughs> that thing. Anyway, Bootsy <laughs> had songs in that. I'm 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 a wealth of information when I am, but this is Merry Christmas, baby. It's from uh, the album is Christmas is Forever, and this is unusual for me. You know, Patty, you know, I don't usually pick anything like in the 2000 era. It's just, I don't know, you know, for me, I'm my brain, my, I'm stuck in the seventies with my taste. 
But this came out in 2006, but it is very 70s because it's Bootsy. So you got to listen to this. Bootsy is the king of funk bass and just everything he does is funky. His voice, all of it. He is funky. All right, let's hear Bootsy. Bootsy, that's that's him. That's his signature sound. He plays bass through like a million pedals, and he uses the thing that Terry Kath used. He used the the Mutron. That's his big thing. Super bad. That's the movie I was trying to think of. Super bad. Yeah, super bad. Remember they had the kid with, with the fake ID, McLovin from Hawaii. No, I don't remember. Oh, okay. It must I'm have been in the year that. that I was off the planet. <laughs> probably. You're what probably year was on it? Tour. 2007. 2007. What the heck was I doing? I don't even remember what I was doing in 2007. Good movie, funny movie. Yeah. Bootsy was Bootsy was in it. He's off the planet most of the time. But yeah, that's his thing, man. He is the Boots, man. Bootzilla. He's a whole whole thing. He's a he's its own thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Bootsy. He's that's a funky, it. crazy guy. He's peace psychedelic. But- he is P Funky Psychedelic, and I think you got a really <laughs> funky one coming up next. That is, I love it. I think Stone Soul did this song. Really? Yeah. This, I heard it and I said, I have to use it. It's, you know. Oh, yeah. Because last year I did I'll Be Your Santa Claus, which was kind of fun. And this one is called Backdoor Santa. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that means. I don't know. It was a. Recorded by Clarence Carter, and it was released as a single in 1968, and it is described in its artist biography as a superbly funky Christmas single and raunchy. Oh, it's raunchy. Yeah, and some other artists recorded this as well, but let's check out Clarence Carter's version, and then we'll talk about other people that want to be your backdoor Santa. Mm-hmm. They call me back no Santa I make my runs about the break of day They call me back no Santa I make my runs about the break of day So 
<laughs> he gonna oh, make yes. the women happy by sliding down their chimney. <laughs> <laughs> and other artists uh, besides Clarence Carter that did it were B.B. King and the Black Crows did a very, very funker, funky version of it. I could hear that. I could I could hear them doing this. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh cool and funky. He's going What a great pick. I, yeah, I think I think I remember us doing this like one time at like uh we used to play this um you know like a snowbirds thing that people, you know, the older people that would go to the to like Arizona that live where I live. Yeah. <laughs> And and I remember us doing this, and like you could see everybody like looking at like Matt, like what is this guy singing? And it's like, yeah, maybe <laughs> we shouldn't do this one again. Yeah, well, it was sampled by Run DMC for Christmas in Hollis. Oh, yeah, and uh, I like the Run DMC. He's good. Yeah, he is good. <laughs> <laughs> good he's pick. A, I'm, he's swing, as I'm good telling as you, I'm that having Steely Dan guy. Yes. <laughs> and 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 that guy Pink Floyd? <laughs> oh, he's great. <laughs> Gotta love it. You know, it's funny, I when I didn't really think about this when we were putting the show together, but we should have just called it a soul for Christmas. It wound up that way, didn't it? Yeah, with the exception of your white boy Peter Sarah. <laughs> you had to, you had to slip him in here. <laughs> well, you know, you got got to be some yin with the yang. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But <laughs> guess what time it is, Joe? <gasps> it's time to go to Walgreens. No, no, I wrote that wrong. It's Mondegreens <laughs> time. It's the Mondegreen. It's the it's the wait a minute. Did they really say that or am I hearing this wrong time? So, Hold Joe, on, gonna... what is your first mind? We have a couple. What's your first mind degree? My first one, I'm still laughing over because I listened to this thing 15 times and I know he's saying this. In the in the song that we played before by The Whispers, Funky Christmas. Yeah. Right off the bat, when he starts coming in with the first chorus, he says, "I well, I thought he said, I know this must be the first fucking Christmas. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, and I heard it again and again and again, and then in the rest of the song, he kind of pronounces it a little bit more, you know, funky, but I think the brother's saying, fuck, fucking Christmas. All right, let's hear this. Let's hear this fucking Christmas song. That's what he said. Fucking Christmas. There's no funky. <laughs> and you know, I guess this is the fucking Mondegreen thing because I have a fun. <laughs> so, by the way, if you don't know what a Mondegreen is, it is a misheard lyric. That's And somebody just decided that misheard lyrics are going to be called Mondegreens. So that's what it's right. about. So so if we had the fucking, the fucking Christmas and now we have that quintessential Christmas song, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. By Brenda Lee. Oh, yes. And yes. so what I hear is later we'll have some fucking pie and we'll do some caroling. <laughs> so let's listen and then I'll tell you what she's really saying. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. 
Did you hear it? It didn't sound. Ladies will have some fucking pie. Totally. Hey, we'll have some fucking pie. You got to It has to be. It's they. (laughs) I think they thought it was like a throwaway take, and she said that like, ah, well, you know, we'll edit it later. But no, no, they left it in. And what she's saying is, later we'll have some pumpkin pie, and we'll do some Carolyn. But I thought, why are they doing Carolyn? What did Carolyn ever do to them? But <laughs> yeah, they really. have some fucking pie. <laughs> well, well, then we'd waste that bitch. <laughs> this is this is the uh, what you get, folks. You know, you got two Italian people here. Two <laughs> from Italians New York. from Brooklyn. You're gonna have some fucking pie and a fucking Christmas. You're gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, you don't your... want to play this show when you're unwrapping gifts with your kids. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yes, have the children leave the room. This is this is not a PG. Show. No. It's an R-rated show. Because no. you got your back door, Santa eating some fucking pie. <laughs> on the on what it must be the first fucking Christmas. So come on. That's it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, what's what so what's your next Monda Green Joe? My next one's a little little tamer. This one's fit for children. You uh if about a minute into the Michael Jackson Jackson Five uh, Christmas song, Santa Claus is coming to town. I'm waiting to, to hear the familiar lyrics, but what I hear is Michael Jackson's saying, he knows if you're banana good. And again, I played it back. I'm like, wait a minute, what? And he goes, he knows if you're banana good. Well, and that's Michael Jackson, and it's code for, <laughs> you know, you're banana. I guess so. <laughs> I'd supposed to be, so I was waiting for him to say, he knows if you've been bad or good. Right. But he's, you know, he's that's, you know, the joke that got, Soupy sales thrown off the air supposedly is when he said, "My wife can't cook, but she sure can make my banana cream." Oh God! That, really? That's the joke. That's yep. That's that was that's the joke that did it. That was the nail in the coffin. So maybe Michael, you know, I don't know, but he, Santa apparently knows if your banana good. That's right. Let's hear it. actually saying i'm thinking you're banana good i mean it's almost like that's what he's yeah he's he's being ghetto you're banana good he knows you're (laughs) banana good i was trying to think like back to 1970 like is that a saying i i don't know man supposed to be knows if you've been bad or good and he's usually got pretty good pronunciation well you know when the bananas start going bad because they're really ripe and brown maybe he knows if you're banana good that's it. And if your banana's got freckles and spots all over it, you ain't getting shit. You're going to get coal. You're getting coal. <laughs> this has been a good show. Yes. And we will announce the winner on Facebook of our Christmas swag pack. And thank you to everyone who contributed. We appreciate yes. each and every one of you. So let's give a heartfelt Christmas wish to all of you. All of you, not just some of you, even though, like, you know, we can see if you're banana good or not, but all of you. And it's not a Christmas wish. It is a holiday wish for people who celebrate whatever you celebrate, hoping that next year will be prosperous, happy, healthy, mask free. (laughs) Yeah, and a little bit more united in our, uh, you know, stance against everything. And and in our, you know, you got to always remember what. What we have in common, that's more important than what we don't. 
That's right. We got music. We got right. the, everybody here has good taste in music. So that's that's a big start, you know. That's right. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, happy Festivus. Festivus. You can't whatever, forget. Festivus for the rest of us. Whatever you celebrate and whatever you don't celebrate. From Beyond the Grooves and myself and Joy Quinto. Wishing you. We wish you the merriest. The merriest. And we'll see you next year. Yeah. Oops. Oops.